Welcome to episode 175 of The Local Meta. My name is Fletcher. And I'm John. John, how are you doing tonight, man? Eh, not too bad, I suppose. Except acceptable now. <laughs> acceptable mostly. Yeah. It's been it's been an, an interesting last week. I I've been talking to like a number of people and stuff like that. Did anyone have a good week last week? Uh Dan did, because he didn't have to work. Oh, okay. Well, at least somebody did. He probably sucked up all of our goodwill. Because, <laughs> man, like, everybody I talked to, they're like, yeah, last week kind of sucked. And I'm like, yeah, I totally hear you. Like, I don't know. But yeah, not, only, not only did last week suck for me, I already know my Monday is going to suck. So it's a lot of things that need to get taken care of that didn't get done last week. And it's just like, <laughs> you know those times and you're just like, how bad would it really be if I just turned off my phone and went to bed? Uh, I've you done ever had, that. You ever had those thoughts? I it's less acceptable for me. Yeah, I'm pretty sure all hell would break loose if I did it. But like, why? Why do I want to do like, it? Is or everybody, why is every, yeah, like is everybody so incapable of doing their job that they can't handle it? Everybody is so incapable of doing someone else's job if it's necessary. That really? They can't like, goddamn! I don't. I, I'm apparently the single most flexible person in the entire company, so. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I don't, I don't know. One of the one of the things that I like specifically like look for in people is their ability to solve problems because that's literally their job. Yeah. You know, like, so. Especially when, for you. It it drives me crazy when people cannot think through a problem. Like, I go absolutely insane. Like, I have I have. If there's any time where I have been unrationally, like, just irrationally a bad person to people, it's because of that, like, the people who work for me. Like, I'm usually very good to, like, you know, the people I supervise and everything. Like, I, I, I believe in all of them, and for the most part, good. But God, there's nothing that will put me on tilt more and make me just snappy and snide than when, like, somebody just blatantly does not, like, think through a problem. See... <laughs> That's kind of my current issue, except it's not the people underneath me who can't figure it out. It's, it's the people, people above me. It's the people who should be able to. Like, yeah. I don't even care if people think through a problem and get the wrong answer. Yeah, at least you like, tried. I can work through that. I'm like, at least you, like, did something and I can fix that. Like, you, you at least tried to, like, use your brain, you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> when I started doing what I'm currently doing at work, it took me all of, like, ten minutes to figure out how to how our printer truly works to do more than just copy things <laughs> right like oh yeah you told me this and i was just like are you serious it's like oh yeah there's this thing here and then you click on this and voila you can do things oh look and, you have basic literacy skills yeah <laughs> and apparently other people don't have that it's yeah. like why is it that i'm covering for someone else's vacation and no one can cover for me and it's just really frustrating yeah, I don't know. So it's just like, I'm, like, I'm not going to because I'm not that kind of person. But man, I'm so tempted to just turn I my would... phone off on Sunday and just wake up when I wake up. I don't know. <laughs> I, be, me being the person I am, I would be asking these questions to people, like <laughs> because that's just who I am and stuff like that. I just don't. Yeah, I don't know. I'm weird like that, but I don't know. Oh, that, that's the thing. It's like I really. I really want to ask people, these people these questions. I just don't want to be the one to bring it up. 
Fair enough, I guess. Because but... that's who I am as a person. Oh, I'm, but... I'm the person to bring it up. Like, I have, yeah. Like, my old boss, like, or I was a manager and stuff like that, and I was just, you know, nothing and stuff like that. Like, uh, we got into some knockdown dragouts about things. Like, because, uh, l- you know, literally, like, <laughs> you know, it's one of those things that's like, you know, you put me in a position, like, I, I had, like, a slightly elevated position, you know, like, because I was supposed to know things and be able to do do more things and stuff like that. So, like, you know, if you don't want my opinion, don't have my position, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. Like, and, you know, it's like, I just, I'm not going to sit back and just do that. Like, I, I respect people, like, I respect that people have more knowledge and everything than me, but, like, if I think you're doing something wrong or I think something could be done better, I usually tell people flat out. <laughs> yeah, because... There, this, this is this thing that, you know, I've, I've brought this up multiple times before. Your yeah. brother once told me, it's not that I want to be right. I want other people to, I want other people to also be right. I can't stand when people are wrong about things. That, that's a good way to put it. <laughs> it's like, I it's like that. I, it's not that I want to be right. I want other people to be right. I'm going to use that quote from him now. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think, I don't know if that's exactly how he worded it. But he, That's a like, concise way to say it. You have yeah. to have the elevator pitch way of saying it. Yeah, he was he because he was talking about the fact that like I don't argue with people with the goal of getting people to tell me that I was right. I don't yep. care if I'm right. I already yep. know I'm right. Uh-huh. <laughs> like I want other people to know what I know and just share yep. that knowledge, as it were. Yeah, that's good. I like that. Yeah, I so, I, I just like to be right sometimes. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't. I've I don't know if I've ever had anyone I've I've never personally felt satisfaction from someone else telling me oh fine you're right oh I have tons like, <laughs> like that's never my thing I think it's more this I just want to teach people basically oh the... I I have gotten I have gotten just super tons of satisfaction out of it before and I can think of one time in particular where it just felt like super good and it was so trivial it didn't even matter. Yeah. The, the thing is, in like in the modern age, it's almost impossible yeah. to convince someone of something if they already believe the opposite. Yeah. See, my things were not my things are not belief. My things are fact. That's what I'm doing with. See, that's what so, I always try and tell people, and they tell me that yeah. I'm wrong. So, so I had my boss one time. We were, we were arguing about something, and I and like I think I I think I was being belligerent, slightly belligerent about something. Shocking. Not not actually, but like being like. <laughs> you know kind of kind of taking a firm stance on something basically like you know we have to tell people no sometimes kind of thing mm-hmm. and like you're going you know da, 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 this and that and stuff like that and then um, uh, she used the phrase i'm like she, she used the phrase you catch more flies with honey than vinegar and i'm like you know that's wrong right she's like no it's not she's like it's you know she's like like i'm like you know that actual like the actual thing with that like is not true right like the saying may actually mean something like i get what it's saying but like, like you know, that's false. She's like, no, it's not. Like it, you know, flies. Like it, like tried to argue. I'm like, I'm like, no, no, it's not. And we like argued about it for a little bit. And she went back. Uh, we both went back to our desk. And about like five minutes later, she's like, I looked. It sent an email, and she's like, I looked it up. Fletcher was right. <laughs> <laughs> sent it to the sent it to the, to the department to, to our our group, like our department, because we were all kind of like arguing about it. <laughs> Like not like arguing. We're having a discussion about it. Like I, I I say it like we were like arguing and stuff like that. But like the thing is, is that at my job, the people who work there are all awesome. Like I just want to be completely like upfront with that. Like you know, I I get everybody gets annoyed with everybody and stuff like that. But 
you know, like the people I work with are freaking amazing and everybody is super collaborative and is willing to talk things over and try to figure out solutions and everything and stuff like that and, and, and work through these things. So like, it's not like anybody was like super offended or anything and stuff like that, but like this, just that one thing was super, super juicy. I still think I have the email saved. <laughs> does that, does, does it actually say why they're more interested in vinegar than they I think are? she she linked an article in it too. All right. but that's fascinating. Yeah, I don't know. So, uh, I actually got that from XKCD. I learned I, that from reading an XKCD comic. I don't remember that one because but I've I'm read uh, all of them so many freaking times. Yep. But <laughs> like I'm, uh, I, rem I, I remember that one and it, it clicked in my head when I'm like, you know, that's false, right? So I literally got to live an XKCD comic too, so it made it really sweet, but... See, like, I'm basically in the same boat. Like, I have nothing yeah. personal against my boss. I know my oh, yeah. boss does respect me, and I know he does mm -hmm. value me as an employee, right? Yep. There's just some times when I just want to hang up the phone and leave. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, you know, the, the, the thing I always try to remember is, is that, like, as annoying as it seems sometimes, and, like, I get super tilty at work sometimes, too, especially in the things, but, like, Stopping and remembering that people are working towards the same goal. Yeah. Like, and they may have different opinions on everything with it and everything, but in the end, everybody is working towards the same goal for the most part. And if they're not, they should not be there just in general. But, yeah. you know, and I honestly believe that with all the people I butt heads with too, for the most part. So, I mean, that, that was a big thing because there was a point before the world turned into the physical embodiment of hell yeah where like there was a point where like it seemed like every single person at the company was just mm -hmm. at odds with each other no yeah. one was getting along except for for some reason i was just kind of in the middle of it getting along with everyone it's just, <laughs> but, just hanging out yeah but you know like everyone else just met at everyone else and you know and we were supposed to be setting up these meetings where the buyers would meet with the salesmen all the time right so we yeah. could collaborate with things and i never got to be in one of them but yeah. I just wanted to be in one of the meetings and be like, guys, we need to realize that every single person sitting at this table wants this company to succeed. Right? Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> it just seemed like a lot of people were just taking everything way too personally. Yeah. And somebody needs to say it, but all right. Yeah. So I just I want us to hire one or two more people. That's all I want. So, yeah, that's everybody wants that. Me too. Yeah. Um, but speaking of the lies we tell ourselves. So, um, you have a topic for today. I do have a topic for today. Uh, once again, this comes as a result of uh, Fear the Boot. God bless where them. They finally put out another podcast episode for the first time in like three weeks. Hmm. And I was really excited because yeah. I really enjoy listening to the people at Fear the Boot. Yeah. Except Wayne, because I'm weird. He's fine. You know it. He's fine. I don't think he's as good of a GM as everyone tells him that he is. It just doesn't <laughs> you've sound... Never, you've he never been in a game, have you? Not with him, no. Okay, well then shut your mouth. It just doesn't... Everything he says doesn't sound like it would be, but just, I don't know. Just, uh, here's the deal with games. They are experiences. Like they're, they're, You had to be their experiences. I know. So I don't think it's fair to like, I mean, we all roll our eyes at it and stuff like that, but just, you know, I, I'm not going to judge because it's like some of the, like the best games we've had and stuff, I'm sure are just stupid to everyone else too. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. But I just wanted to throw some shade at one person because 
I'm a firm believer in you never punch down, you only ever punch up. And Fear oh, okay. is definitely above us. Oh, God, so, way, way above us. <laughs> it's like, it doesn't matter if I think Wayne doesn't sound like a good GM. He's still a better GM than I am. Oh, God, that's <laughs> still a better GM than I am. And that's a, that's a low bar to clear, though. So. <laughs> but um, he wasn't even in the episode, which is funny. Cause oh, gosh, you're I'm just, just, I'm just, just throwing like, shade at him. Just like, ah, we'll just hand out some shade here. <laughs> but it was, um, uh, 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 I forgot. He's like, uh, he's not, uh, uh, he's not the main host. He's like the second main host. Okay, whatever. I don't know, I don't know what his name. I is. haven't listened in a long time, so. Well, it wasn't Dan. It's the other guy. Chad. Chad. You can't remember his name. God damn it. Okay. Yeah. Continue. It was, uh, he brought up this. He was. We were, they were talking about finding your voice in GMing and all that. Yep. And for some reason, Chad brought the statement. He's like, he's like the biggest lie ever, everyone has told in RPGs. You can be anything you want to be. Yep. <laughs> uh. Which is that's literally the selling pitch for anyone trying to get anyone to ever play an RPG with them. Yep. That is what you tell someone. You're like, hey, you can be anything you want to be. And everyone's like, oh, really? It's like, well, no, but. <laughs> no, you don't get to. It's. <laughs> Like, it's funny because, like, that, that is, you're so true, like, that is the lie that people use to sell RPGs to people, but it's what, like, once you start learning about running games and GMing, it's one of the first rules you throw out. Yes. Like, honestly, like, how much better have, have, our, have games gotten, like, when we're just like, all right, here's the box you need to fit into. It's a pretty big box, but, like, you have to fit into this box. Well, it's, it's not even it's not even that. It's just like a lot of people. I've had I've been having a discussion with my brother lately because yeah. my brother my brother has never played D anD. d Oh, that's sad. My brother he wants to play D anD. d Well, get right? him get him the f up here. <laughs> Thought about it, right? But so he's he, he's basically interested in everything I'm interested in, except yep. he's also athletic and likes playing sports. So he's just like strict upgrade over me. It's I mean, kind like low bar also low bar also, but <laughs> <laughs> you know, all yeah. I have on him is that I have way more experience. So I'm just better at it. <laughs> hey, experience goes a long way. <laughs> it does. But uh, like, uh, that's just like a reference to the fact that he, he's never played EDH, but I gave him like a starter thing for EDH for his, for Christmas. Because yeah. he really likes Rankle, so I gave him a lot of good mono black, you know, rank, yep. uh, Rankle EDH stuff, including mm -hmm. one of the extended art. I don't think it's foil Rankles that I had. Yeah. So I was like, here you go, if you're going to have one a commander. One of them. <laughs> if you're, if you're going to have a commander, have it be Pimp, right? I... I agree with that statement. The uh, I'm a big fan of having exactly my commander being foil, but nothing else in the deck, because it just makes sense to me. Cranko okay, notwithstanding, right? Yeah, I mean Cranko, Cranko's Cranko. They got yeah. they need to print a multicolored Griffin legend for me. They should. Okay. All right. Sorry. But it would still be trash. But <laughs> oh, I don't. Uh, yeah, it's gonna be trash, especially with the cards I'd put in there. But yeah. Um. Uh, but yeah, uh, so like he just likes doing things I do, and you know we started talking about D and D at one point, and suddenly he's like looking up D and D characters and all that shit. He's like, he's like, oh, he's like, man, how come D and D doesn't have a cat race? 
to do a cat race. You know, even in even in fifth edition, there's uh, I think it's Volo's Guide to Monsters, which Dan from Fear the Boots says should literally be stapled to the player's handbook. Okay. Or, or it was it was something it was it's one of the maybe it's Xanthar's yeah. Guide to Everything. I don't know. Either yeah. way. And it has a cat race in it. Mm-hmm. It's like a base race. I'm pretty sure that it's the one actually Janelle playing? I think it is the one Janelle is actually playing. Okay. Right? It, so, that was in the uh that Pathfinder game I was running. Oh, that was a Pathfinder. But either yeah, way. Right. Yeah, sorry. Okay. They, they, it exists in 3.5. And I'm mm-hmm. like, well, this, this does exist. You know, you have this, blah, blah, blah. And my brother's like, no, I don't want that kind of cat race. I want, like, a human, but with cat ears and a tail and sometimes claws. And I'm like, what the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's fine, you know, like, if you want that. But, it's like, like... Sh- sure. But it's just a bit too anime for even me, which is saying something. <laughs> I mean, I'd play an anime game with somebody just if they ran it, you know? Yeah. So so I was talking, you know, so we're talking about that. I'm, like, telling him how, like, he could basically have that character with, you know, through restrictions, right? Like, yeah. play a human that wears cat ears, yep. right? And just be that thing. I'm, I'm explaining yeah. to him how you can use the innate restrictions of D&D to get what you want. Yep. And then suddenly he's like, how come there's no playable fairy race in D and D? I'm like, well, there kind of is. He's like, what do you mean? I'm like, gnomes. For all ah. intents and purposes, gnomes are fairies. Pretty close, they, yeah. they literally have innate magical ability. They're short as shit, and they're obnoxious. Right? <laughs> the only thing they don't do is fly and be a pain in the ass. Yeah. We have Earth done for that. Yeah, they're like, I'm like, then like, and I'm like, you have this, and he's like, they're not the same. I'm like, why not? He's like, they don't have wings. I was like, <laughs> wings break D and D. They wings. break it right in half all over. They wings. bend it over your knee and spank it. <laughs> it's like wings break games in general. Yeah. You know, on the game, most like, of them. Yeah. Like the ability to fly damages things. Think of what yep. we do with jetpacks in Halo. Yep. Right. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Think about any game where when you figure out how to fly, like any speed run where you can, where you can fly, like how it breaks the game. Or just even getting vertical movement. How much it screws with crap. Scrolls of Icarus Flight. Oh, yeah. Like, YOLO buckets. Yeah, the, the <laughs> YOLO bucket. Like, even, like, grenade jumps in Halo. Like, if you just yeah. bring it to gaming. Like, how does it just take that thing and just break it in half? Like, it just it just destroys it. Like, I mean, if you even go further in Skyrim, horse tilting is basically flying. But, yeah. like, you know. Like, you know, you, you are abusing vertical and horizontal movement in a way that yep. the game is not designed in, to handle. Unless the entire game, and this includes tabletop RPGs, is, is designed around uh, three-dimensional movement in concept, you're going to break it. Yeah. Like, have free three-dimensional movement. Like, you know, being able to do it how at, at any time. Like, uh, you know, you guys were pretty mobile in the, the Team 3 game and stuff like that. So, like, I don't think that one broke it really bad. Like, like you didn't. You have a ton of vertical movement, but like you know, you cut. You could with the ships and everything you had. Yeah, we had the ability to fly wherever we want, but we did everything on foot, basically. Yeah, so. you know, it it never was a problem there or anything. But like, I could see some games it being a huge issue. Yeah. So you know, then we get into like this big long discussion where he where he's like, well, what if he just had like you know flying for a limited amount and blah blah blah. I'm like, well, at that point you just you just have it for the sake of having it. It doesn't actually do anything. Uh-huh. And then I'm just like, if you want to be a fairy with flying, 
play a gnome sorcerer and get to like level five so you can learn the fly yeah. spell. Or right, like or play a game that embraces that. <laughs> yeah. Like like there are ways around it, you know, like get yep. to a point where you can buy a cloak of flying. Yeah. You know, and suddenly like you can you know, if you if you want something innately powerful as that, be willing to put in the time to get to that point, right? Like you have to be able yep. to afford a cloak or cast that spell or things like that. Yep. And you know, and like that's and that's the first thing that popped in my head when um I heard Chad say it's like, you know, the biggest lie in every RPG is you can be anything you want. It's like for all intents and purposes, in a normal powered game, you can't play a fairy. Yep. You know, you can't play almost any race that has flying innately. You know, some of them have levitation, which is close without the yep. horizontal movement. Like to take this to its extreme too, it's like if you're playing a D&D game, you don't get to play Modern Warfare Spec Ops, dude. No. Like, it, it sounds ridiculous when you say it, right? Like, when I, when I say the thing, but like, you can play anything within the context of that game is what actually is being said. Like, you know, uh, you know to, quote, to quote Rosewater here, I guess, restrictions breed creativity. And I think some of the best characters are the ones that are built within those restrictions. I think when you're just like, eh, build whatever you want for this game, things fall apart really quickly. <laughs> like, I mean, you know, group cohesion and everything and setting those restrictions and saying, you know, the character needs to fit within these boundaries of the game, uh, within these boundaries of the game world and within these boundaries of the other characters. I think you get the best product you can. I mean, that was something that I was trying to impart on my brother specifically, yeah. you know, when I was like, well, these are ways that you can eventually get what you want. Yep. You know, like he wanted yep. to play a cat person. I'm like, well, you can play. And and he's yeah. like, is there a way of like doing that magic? I'm like, yeah, you can easily cast Disguise Self. Yeah. You know, you can get a headband of dis Disguise Self that will cast it whenever you want. You can look like anything you want in the yeah. game. Like there are ways of getting what you want without... You know, you just have to be willing to put in the work slash figure it out. Mm -hmm. Or, yeah, work with it. Or, like, the, the question I always ask for, for that stuff is, why do you want it? Yeah. Because like, I think that's big the bigger thing. question, because it's like, well, why do you want to be a cat person? Like, does be, is it because it gives you some inherent, like, it's like, why do you want to be a fairy? Well, it's like, well, because I want to fly. Well, like, it's like, well, why do you want to fly? Well, because, you know, I can fly then and go wherever I want. Well, like it's like you realize that that causes a negative experience for everyone else. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, without any checks and balances, like, so that's why we're not doing it. Like, it's because you want something for yourself at the cost of what other people are getting. If it's yeah, like the, if it's like the cat person thing and he's like, well, I just want to look like that. It's like, okay. Yeah, it's okay. We, fine. Yeah, it's yeah, it's like we have two options. One, you don't really need it because it's just kind of like something you kind of want, like that doesn't do anything. Or two, it's like fine, <laughs> you know. Yeah, it doesn't do anything. You're a weird variation of human. You have mm -hmm. cat ears. Yep. Cool. You're yeah, you're a subspecies of elf who like grandparents screwed too many cats or something like that, and you know. <laughs> Like you have a curse on you that does this or something, you know, it's like there's ways to do it where there's no mechanical change or anything with that. Like, so it's like, I see ways to do it, but it's like uh, the, the big question I'm asking, you know, I want to ask is why, because 
just like GMs fall into the trap, like maybe this is like another myth or something like that, or like a lie we tell ourselves. Um, but for for GMs in particular, like this is not your game. <laughs> yep. You know, like the game is not about the GM or this player or that player. It's about the entire collective. And it's about that entire experience that moves along. And everybody is working together and making concessions along the way to make that the best experience possible. Yeah, that that was that plays into another, you know, like as as I mentioned, we were me and him were just constantly talking about, you know, yep. like how would this whole flying thing work? He's like, but what if you just like had it in a in like a cave area where the flying didn't matter? I'm like, then why do you want it? Yeah, exactly. Like, then why do you want it? It's like they talk about this on Fear the Boot all the time. They're like, well, I'm actually like, like I'm just a normal, like I'm a superpower dragon disguised as a normal human, but I only have like the stats of a normal human or anything. It doesn't like you know that stuff doesn't matter at all ever. Well, then why do you have it? Yeah, like you know. <laughs> Like, do you want to roleplay someone with that ability? Okay, fine. You're someone who's schizophrenic. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. It's, like, yeah, it's one of those things. It's like, you know, uh, I think, you know, everybody goes into it looking at it from their perspective, and the GM falls into the trap as well. They're like, oh, you know, I've done this a ton of times. It's like, I'm making this, this game that I want to see happen this way. Mm -hmm. And, like, that's part of it, too. Like, you need that. And all the characters need to have something they want, but I think you need to work together to get the... You have to work together to get everything to flow in a direction that is satisfying for everyone. I don't think everybody has to be like, God, this is the best game ever. I think, I think you know, at least a few, like, a few people at your table should be absolutely excited about the game. But, like, everybody should at least be content with the experience. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, that's a big thing. You know, you don't, you're either, if you have one player who has flying and other ones who don't, suddenly it's like, well, either everyone else is left out or yep. I am specifically hamstringing you, which is yep. going to make you not enjoy it. You know, like mm -hmm. having the balance is a necessary thing. Mm -hmm. you know, so it, it, there's just no real reason to be like, oh, you know, this person's playing a dwarf, and this person's playing an elf, and this person's playing a. You know, uh, a gnome, and then suddenly we have a half dragon, half demon. You know, yep. has been alive for a thousand years, but they're cursed to live in a human's body. It's like, yep. why? Yeah, why? Like, why do you want to be that? And how do I make the game not be about you as a result? That yeah, that is what it is. It's like yeah, I mean, and this is like a life lesson. It, you know, it's not about you. Yeah. <laughs> it's about me. But um, <laughs> like yeah, it's you know you can't focus everything towards one specific person, and when and I mean that overarching, as I said, person, not just players, including the GM, you know. And think about that when when you know you're writing games and everything, like because I've had a couple game ideas too, or like try to steal a couple game ideas from people, um, where it's like. The game is very focused on one person or one concept or like one piece of the, of the whole puzzle or something like that. And it wouldn't make a good experience for a group. Mm -hmm. It's one of those things it's like the story may make a, a good video game. You know, it might make a good story that moves from point A to point B, but you don't have the element of other people interacting and all those people getting spotlight and having a, having a cast of characters. But. Yeah, most shows are better when they don't entirely revolve around a single person. 
Yeah. You need to, ha- even if they're just secondary, you need to have the secondary characters. Yep. And I'm kind of of the opinion that in a RPG game, none of your PCs should be secondary characters unless they're all secondary characters. Kind of, right? <laughs> you know, that's kind of how the Iron Claw game was in a weird way. Yeah. Like, not necessarily, but like, I guess I suppose uh, some of the characters moved up to the forefront, but like, everyone had uh, their the, moments to shine, yeah. as it were, right? Which is what it was supposed to be, you know? yeah. Everybody needs their their moment, but like, yeah, I don't know. Like, I feel like that, like, that's something that people kind of forget when they're making characters, too. It's like, well, I want to play this. Why can't I play this? It's like, well, Stop being a child. It's not all about you, you know. Like that's one of the, yeah, one of the the things that I, I know we've all. I'm sure we've all ran into it. But. Oh yeah, I mean that's all. It's that's been a thing. You know, I remember when I first started playing, where it's like mm-hmm. I want to play. You know, this I have like I always have like grand designs for what I want yep. my characters to be, or you know, I I'll make these. I I would just sit down and make stupidly <laughs> powerful character sheets. Yeah, and I've never played the characters. Yep, it's like this is a thing that exists. Yay! Yep. <laughs> and right. you know, yeah. de- definitely not a useful thing, as it were. So, no. all right, I have. I, I I don't even know if this is a lie that anyone is. Like people like me and you don't say this lie to people at all, but I think people believe it's something that's true, and I think it's a lie they tell themselves. And I'm sure you'll agree, you'll agree with me. All right, running a game is hard. <laughs> I know you're rolling it over in your mind, but hear me out. I don't think. I think people exaggerate how difficult it is to run a game. I think people... I don't know if people exaggerate how hard it is to run it. I think people... They're intimidated by it. They're intimidated by it, so they assume it's hard. The actual act of running a game is not hard. No, it's not. (laughs) The act of running a good game... A good game, specifically, is... Probably a little bit harder. Yeah, I'm not saying a good one necessarily. Yeah, I'm saying like get. I'm saying a, a, a generally satisfying game, like like one that you you finish and you're like, God, why did we do that? Like, I think anybody can sit down and run a game that is totally like, like okay, eh, that was a good time. If, yeah, like it, it's it's. It is really easy to just run a one shot, basically, right? Yeah. Like a single mission, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, but the thing is, you're you're obviously not going to have like the engagement, and I think that's probably the big reason why people think it's hard because yeah. people think it's going to be hard to get people to engage with like a grand campaign idea of theirs. Oh yeah, but like the actual act of like your first time GMing is nowhere near as bad as you think it's going to be. No, no, it's not because. No one is going to have ridiculously high expectations of you, and if they do, they're terrible people. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> like I, I'm of the opinion that everyone, basically, basically everyone should run a game at least once. Yeah. Like not even like just a one shot or something like that. Just run a game once to understand it. Like, 
Because I feel like it's one of those things, if, if you don't experience it, you don't get it necessarily. Like, you have all these ideas of what it is and should be. Like, you know, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be honest. As GMs, we talk big talk. Like we we bullshit a lot. We 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 act like we are moving mountains in everything we do. Like oh yeah, we're I, I just finished my you know War and Peace sized epic, you know, and got that all written down. And now I have to like do a full time management job where I direct all these children to make sure that they can line up and everything. We're monitoring all these little details and to. Yeah, I mean that is kind of what it is, but realistically it's it's not that. You're not putting that much time and attention and effort into every single piece of everything. And if you're trying to do that, just chill out and step back, man. Have a good time. Like <laughs> I'm going to hold you up real quick. Yeah. You were 100% trying to guide children through something they don't understand. <laughs> oh, I get I get it. Like you are, but like it it sounds more monumental than it is. Like, you've seen some of the people out there in the world, right? Yeah. Raising actual children, right? Yeah. If they can have children survive to adulthood, you can lead a bunch of people through an RPG campaign. Yeah. Right? I, I mean, mean like... in, in, <laughs> in my defense, I have literally never created the War and Peace-sized, you know, plot <laughs> lines of RPGs, because those aren't the RPGs I enjoy running. <laughs> yep. I also just don't get ideas for campaigns ever. Yeah. I or mean not... I do I do, but like and mine are more notesy. You know, yeah. I, I do I do write some pretty decent notes for some of them, but like it's very fast and loose. I remember one time I ran a Shadowrun like multi-game piece and I ran and one of the missions I think was like they ran through a, a, were you playing the cat mission? The cat mission? Yeah. The one where we were supposed to kidnap the cat. Yep. I don't remember. I don't. I don't know if I have or I've just or if I've just, just heard, heard the story. So the but the thing is, is like this mission was super long and drawn out and detailed and everything, and like it was fun. You know, I think they enjoyed it. Basically, like the whole goal was like it was actually a joke off the thing. There's a uh, a shatter and thing that they call them kitty cat missions. Where basically mm -hmm. it's like the super, it's like the milk runs. It's just a super easy mission you go do and do something like this. So I made a, I made a mission where they literally had to go and and like rescue this or like extract this, uh, like prize show cat or something like that. I think is what it was, and it was a fun. It was fun. Uh, they really enjoyed it. And I remember one time we were going through old document, like I was going through old documents, and I found the the sheet of notebook paper that had the the outline for that mission. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was wide rule. And, <laughs> and like, just like me writing out like the concept for the mission, basically, and stuff like that. And I found I'm like, oh, it's the notes for the kid. And, and Tim grabbed it and was like, oh, yeah, the mission. And he started reading it off out loud like it was, like, thinking it would actually be something coherent. And it was just like, cats. like I literally, I literally listed out the mission, like the start of the mission, the premise of the mission. And like a couple details, and that was it. And he's like, "Okay, like," <laughs> and it was like this huge, like you know, like the mission was basically like they're going to rescue this cat and blah blah blah, and like this, and I think I maybe had like the name of the cat, and I'm like, it's at this place, and 
this is a potential complication. Like maybe I had that much. Mm. Um, and it was kind of like narrative how I written it out too and everything. And then like the actual mission was, is like, they had to do this and they, you know, broke into the security station that was like with, cause because of all the cameras and stuff like that. Cause the cat was kept in a secure area. And like, like the actual mission was huge, but like all this, like the entire notes was like nothing, you know? It's like, like that's the that's the piece that I don't think people realize is that like the players are only seeing the finished end of everything, and they don't see they don't see what you have written on your in your notes basically, like they they don't see the the doodles you're making and everything or like the random numbers you're writing or whatever it is and stuff like that or the ideas that just pop into your head or it's like oh i just changed my mind on how this thing is actually going to work because i decided it's going to be like that like they just only see the game that they're playing there and you can just kind of like like if you just act like you know what you're doing games tend to go just totally fine and acceptable <laughs> It is kind of funny you bring up Tim because he's like the exception that proves the rule. Because he yeah. actually has like notebooks worth of content for the oh, world yeah. he created. Oh yeah, and I think, like, I think that's fine. But I think in the end, it makes it it is somewhat a downfall. It's it's nice that he can go and look up and just know the answer to any question about the yep. world. He, he's it's, very good at creating that, but the problem the problem I have is there's not a lot of breathing room. Yeah, there's very little flexibility. Like, yeah, like this, the this these is are the world. things that yeah. happen. Yep. You know, like you this is the, this is the world. It. Yep, this is the world. This is how it exists. This is the timeline of the world and everything and stuff like that. And like trying to fit things in there that don't necessarily fit with the cookie cutter. I or like the I, I'm saying a lot of things that I'll, I'll qualify myself at the end here, but um. But like that don't fit with the like like the expectation of the cookie cutter of the world, like get really fuzzy. Like I feel like when I created Anzi, I really did have to flex a little bit on him to get some stuff in there. Mm-hmm. Like and he, and there were a couple other things when I've done stuff. Like I kind of had to flex against it. Where it's like I'm like I don't feel like I'm going too far out on a limb here with some things either. Like mm-hmm. you know about people being people was my thing. You know. And and some of that got really like trying to fit some of the some things that were slightly off of what the world expected was really I don't know it, it things didn't follow a natural progression in my head because they butted up against what his expectation for the world was. Now to step back and say his world is good and interesting and he runs phenomenal games <laughs> like so yeah. i don't want to bang like i don't want to sound like i'm banging on it too much because like literally probably the best game i have ever played in it was a game he ran so but yeah i just i i i obviously intended no shade oh yeah him because yeah. what he does works and it works remarkably well yep <laughs> i am him. literally the yep. exact opposite oh dude literally like, i as I say, I love doing the Rorschach test of games. Yeah. Like the the Pathfinder game we played, I literally randomly generated a map with names of places on it also and decided how it had to work. <laughs> I love doing that. I like the restrictions breed creativity thing is just awesome for me. Like because you're looking at like these things and like trying to design why do these places exist and why, you know, what what happened to create this place that's named this here, you know? Like, and I find that incredibly interesting. See, the th- thing is, I just take that to even another, another extreme. 
Yep. I almost never have notes. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I I ran that Shadowrun gang game. Yep. And the only thing I had written on my notes was the name of you guys. Yep. The name of your gang. Yep. And any NPCs that I created on the spot. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, these are their names, because I need to remember their names for when you guys ask me next week what the hell their names were. Yeah. <laughs> Like you I know. feel like you could benefit a little bit from making a flowchart, like, <laughs> like, and that's all. Like, just like this leads to this, leads to this, leads to this. Okay, like, and that's it. Like, just having like a map of it so you don't forget pieces. <laughs> I mean, probably the thing is, I'm I'm a big, I am a big, I I've never really thought about this till now. Yeah. I'm very big on acts. Yeah. In my games. Yeah. You know, like I have I have a thing that happens. And then that's going to lead to something else. And mm-hmm. everything that happens in that one act is sequestered in that one act. Yeah. You know, like I know where I'm going. You know, like I, I either know where I'm going to go in the future, generally, yep. or I just don't and I wing it. <laughs> yep. Like the next thing that was going to happen in the gang game, gang game was something that I just came up with because it made sense from where I realized that one of the NPCs was going. Yeah, you know, like I as I was playing this NPC, I started realizing what her backstory was and where that could lead to things. Mm-hmm. You know, she was a literal freaking rat shaman. Yeah, <laughs> just like chilling in your game, and I think she cast two spells ever. Yeah, I think so. Not many, because it wasn't. You know, she didn't like her magic. She just yeah. she happened to have healing magic. Yeah. Which was super useful for you yeah. guys. I mean, for us, because we were a bunch of bumbling kids who yeah. like, got into a bunch of trouble. Yeah, you were a bunch of bumbling kids who got well, in the middle of an actual gang war between two legit gangs. Yeah, I feel like I was the only one who realized what we were, but... <laughs> yeah. Again, that's just, you know... <laughs> I was the only person who didn't have guns hidden everywhere. Did I have a weapon? Uh, you had a gun. I think, I, yeah, I had, like, some shitty gun that, like... It was, like, a light know. pistol or a holdout. It was nothing special. Yeah, I, I think I found, but, like, it wasn't, like, a Predator that I had hidden somewhere. No, Wilman had a Predator hidden in the youth center. In the, yeah, the community center or whatever. <laughs> I don't think Christina's character carried a weapon. No, but she was, like, a badass kind of thing, like... She was the face. Yeah. Which is funny, because you did most of the talking. Yeah, I suppose. I was I know, ill-equipped to do anything, sorry. but I did it. I know the NPCs didn't have weapons, because why would they? They were a yeah. teenage street gang. <laughs> Richie's character, Richie's character, did he have weapons? What was Richie's character? Uh, I'm trying to remember his character concept. All I remember him is accidentally getting a job at the flower yeah. store. <laughs> he accidentally got it. Oh, he, he wanted, he was a driver. Oh, he was the driver, yeah. Because he, he wanted to steal the van. That's what and, it was. And, and that's, did... that's why he got the job there. He's like, he got the job there so he could get the van so he could do the heist and then kept the job there afterwards. <laughs> They're like, he wanted to he wanted to steal the van and then found out that you're, one of the NPCs from your gang literally worked there because it was their grandmother's flower shop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Goddamn. Man, I love just pulling random interesting things out of my ass. Uh, <laughs> see, that's... That... 
that is something that wouldn't happen if the world was structured. Yeah, I mean, like, you could do it, but, like, if the world was too structured or anything. Yeah. You know, if you knew exactly what this was, this was here. But, like, the, the thing I'm going is, like, I God, if there's anything that shows, the, game, the, the games that we have had the most fun with are games where relationships matter. Uh-huh. Like, the... Like that's something I think we just really need to think about and everything is where you, we're creating these relationships with NPCs, not just the, the the characters and players and stuff like that, but the NPCs. I wonder. So, like, our gaming group very, very clearly falls under that style of gaming group, and sometimes, like. Every once in a while, I'll wonder, like, there, there is a different style of gamer. They are the power gamer. Yeah. They enjoy kicking down the door and, you know, rolling dice and getting loot, and that's the enjoyment they get out of it. And I always wonder, is that the most enjoyment they can get of it, or are they missing out? Yeah. Then, like, obviously, I know what I would get the most enjoyment out of. It is, yeah. it is, it is about the interactions of people. Yeah. Which you're honestly probably the most roll the dice, move your mice kind of person out of us, maybe. Out of our group, I probably am. Yeah, like I'm just, I'm just saying, like I, I think, I really think you are, like, and I don't, I'm trying to, like, I don't know, like maybe I'm the least. Out, out of our current group, I out, out of our current group, yeah. Out of our gaming group as a whole, Wilman is definitely the one who's the most. Oh, board gamey. Roll, yeah, yeah board gamey. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I'm probably I think I am probably the least. Like I think I think Christina still likes rolling dice and everything and like doing that stuff. Likes likes the structure to some degree. Where do you think Janelle falls under that? Yeah, I'm not sure. Cuz I know Janelle usually has specific ideas in mind for her character. Yeah, she's got good characters always. But she definitely enjoys she she I feel like she always plans on her characters like being more powerful, and then we end up just being like, "Here's a talking session." Yeah, and then we're just like, la, 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 la. "We just all we all we want to do is sit and talk to people." Like, <laughs> we like we want our games to be like Quentin Tarantino movies, basically, or like the good part <laughs> of Quentin Tarantino movies, where it's just people sitting around talking about shit, <laughs> yeah, sitting in a diner. Literally, that was like the most fun in that game ever. Like, <laughs> it was literally like. Our characters would just go and sit in a diner and like, <laughs> like talk about shit. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I feel like that was a bit of a, a bit of a segue from. I mean, our... kind of and stuff. But basically, like everybody should run games. How about that? Yeah, like, everybody should run games. If we can do it, anybody else. <laughs> well, like, and and I, I, as I said, I firmly believe that everybody should. Like, I think players should run a game so they can understand how to be good players. Yes. Like, that's a big thing. Like, and at least so they can recognize when they're not being good players. Because <laughs> I feel like, I feel like I can at least recognize it now <laughs> when I'm being kind of a, a piece of shit, you know? That and... was like your biggest complaint about the last character you played is you felt like you weren't playing him in a way that was helping advance the story enough. And I'm just like I'm just like I don't care. Like I know you didn't care. It was more me, but like I still think that like like I failed that game. Like I 
I can play characters better than that. I can write characters better than that. I can RP better than that. I was awful. I was absolutely awful in that game. And I I'm I'm still actually upset about that. Like with myself. See, I know you a, I know you don't hold anything with it, but like it's just yeah, it's all I hold personal. it. I hold it against myself more than anything cuz I really for some reason I always have these grand ideas for running one shots. <laughs> yeah. I can't I can't. I suck every time I try and run a one shot. Why? And I I don't know why. I just I feel like I'd never get the engagement out of people. I never get the <laughs> you know, I'm like I'm constantly having to like re-reference a book which I feel like draws me out of it a lot. Like it's not freeform enough for me, but the kid, oh, yeah. like the games always seem so fascinating to me that I want to run them cuz I want other people I I want to I want to experience other people experiencing it. Right? <laughs> like I want to do that, but like I just I can't run from a module for some reason that I don't know why. Okay. <laughs> you know, like I really want to run the Undermountain, the follow-up to Dragon Heist, and I feel like that might work easier because it's literally just a giant freaking dungeon crawl. So, but, but I don't even thing, know why but, I want to run it. So here's the thing with modules: I think is that they can be very wooden, like depending on how they're handled, mm-hmm. and like one of the things you also run into is the flexibility of. Like, like the module has expectations and rules that should be happening throughout it. Yep. And when that doesn't line up with how your players are playing the game, it throws things weird. Yeah, maybe. Like, so, do you remember the Serenity game we, we played, the module we played, Into the Black, I think is what it was called. It was, it was uh, original Cortex. Mm, prob- I'm trying I- to remember what happened with it exactly. Um, was that my first iteration of Bally Sackett? There we are. <laughs> what, that, what, guy, that guy. It was a. I can't remember exactly what happened with the whole thing. I'm trying to remember what the what the story was. But basically, there was a portion of the game where you were supposed to like do things in town, and you would eventually align yourself with a faction. All right. I don't. Did we okay. actually get that far? You did, and you completed it, and based on the numbers, you ended up aligning yourself with a faction that you never met. <laughs> Is it because I shot a dude in the head? Probably, but I don't recall. Like, <laughs> but like because of how the numbers are, and the, ju- the specific things you did aligned yourself with this, basically like the criminal faction or something like that, and, but you had never actually like engaged with them and talked to them. Huh. Like, that's the kind of stuff that really causes issues with modules, in my opinion. Yeah. Like, and I feel like the Dragon Heist thing had some things with that. Like, there were certain things that would happen that's like, well, that's not what we're doing here, you know? Like, the things shifted really weird and everything. Like, it, there was like a disconnect between what the module wanted us to do and what we were doing. And yeah. that was that was disconcerting sometimes. Yeah, and I, I definitely know that I did the um, I did the the faction missions poorly. Yeah, they felt really. They just kind of like showed up out of nowhere, and they're like, "Here, do this." Yeah, like I and didn't mind. I didn't mind it stuff like that. It just felt really like it, it felt like they only mattered when the missions came. It felt very video gamey. Yeah, that's 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 very that's that's kind of the feeling that I got out of it. It's like it's like <laughs> this just like like the mission would show up. 
and it would give you guys something to do because no one knew what to do. Yeah, and that's the thing. There was not a lot of direction. We're not good with sandbox games. No. <laughs> and that's. I feel like that module was meant to be ran somewhat sandbox-esque because yeah. you literally have the run of the city. Yeah, and, and we're you- like... Uh, we got a bar, like, yeah. <laughs> which I'm not sure if we were supposed to do that at that point, but we oh, really you, wanted to. You were supposed to have that bar basically functioning by the end of the game. Okay, cool. Like the way you guys went about that was actually expected. There was okay, there was good. literally like four pages of just shit that happens once you have the bar up and running. Okay, that I never did because I didn't know how to randomly integrate an NPC you've never met before that right. had no ties whatsoever except he delivered you meat in the morning <laughs> there's I shit you not there's an there's an NPC who was like the apprentice of the butcher who brought you the meat every morning for the meals you cooked and yeah. would get mad if you didn't tip him enough like and uh, that's just a thing yeah <laughs> I don't know like it, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, so I, th- I think some of that it's like creating too many expectations for the game to flow like that. Ca- I feel like causes issues. Like, you know, and you kind of have to go off script sometimes. You know, yeah. I, I know I, you did. Like, yeah, I think in in hindsight, if I well, I went off script in the in the first mission because you guys weren't supposed to die. Well, I mean, that's whatever. <laughs> you know, like. I would like to point out that that was a great recovery on my part. I that didn't was even, that was very I, good. I didn't even need to like ask for a bathroom break to think about it. I was like, "All right, you're all dead, except you're not. You got captured." Yeah, that that was totally <laughs> fine. That was that was that was legit. A plus. We like it. Yeah, or I liked it at least. But but um, and then you get to talk with the goblins, which you normally would just steamroll through and kill. So yeah. <laughs> I got to play a goblin, and I love playing goblins yeah, for some reason. love playing goblins. <laughs> but it's like, I feel like if I was to do that campaign again, I think what I would do is I would read the chapter that you guys were on, and I would never look at it. I would, at, while you were yeah. doing that chapter, I would, I would be like, I need to get you from opening the bar to being kidnapped by this guilt. Yep. I need to figure out how to get you through there. Like, I can't keep checking the book and figuring out these stats. Like I need to be yep. more freeform in it. Yeah. But like that's kind of the it's really weird that I really really love playing D&D, but due to the requirements of D&D stat blocks, I'm really bad at running D&D cuz I can't just freeform stuff. This is the exact reason I don't play D&D. Like like and it, when I do, like the OneNote document I had for that Pathfinder game, you should have seen it. Like, anywhere I expected combat, I had stat blocks posted in that note. Yeah. Like, like, that's, yeah. that's one really, really nice thing about Shadowrun. It's really easy for me to just randomly figure out what, how many dice I should be rolling. Just pick up some dice and roll them. It's like, who cares? Like, nobody, nobody understands the rules. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. This guy probably has a five of strength and at yeah. least a, you know, a three in this skill. And, yeah. you know, if I randomly decide the next week that he has a four in strength and a three in that skill and I roll one less die, you guys are never going to freaking notice. Yeah. See, like, <laughs> this, is, this is why I love Cortex. Because the way the game is designed, it feels much more like approximations. Like, I can yeah. literally, like, be like, ah, this guy probably has a, 
you know, this in strength and whatever. And just like the di the expected dice, I think they should. And I know the ranges of what is good and bad and everything. Mm -hmm. It's like, hey, they're probably slightly above average. 2d8, boom. <laughs> like, you know, it's it's so easy to, to do things on the fly like that because the system is built to do that. Yeah, and like I like I said, I really, really enjoy playing D&D, but D&D is not meant to do that. You know, there's yeah. a reason why it has stat blocks, and there are entire books dedicated to stat blocks. But see, my and my big thing though is, is and I see this on the RPG subreddit all the time too. People get bogged down in stat blocks to the yes. point that it makes things not fun. Like, I mean, the the only thing that really matters is what their HP is and what damage die they roll. Yeah, <laughs> those are like, the, those are the things that I use. Like, I'll usually figure those out. I'll see if they have any random cool abilities that I care about. And then I just, I don't look at the stat block anymore because it doesn't yeah. matter. I know the general idea of how much HP they should have. Yep. And the vast majority of the time, nothing else matters. Yep. Yep. Unless like, it's that one devil that just like destroyed Janelle's character. Yeah. <laughs> like, the thing, the thing I always see on like the RPG subreddits is like, and it, and this is just how I approach games, so, or I approach games in a, in a different way, I think. So, it just doesn't make sense to me. But like somebody is just like, you know, like your brother is asking or something like that. Oh, well, why can't we or like, does anybody have stats like a stat block for like this type of thing? And it's like, well, just make it. Yeah. Like, like, that's my thing. And, so and like. It's like that idea has not occurred to anybody, it feels like. And like, and you read the thing and they're like, oh, I can't do this without the stat block. Does anybody have one? It's like, just make it up like what do you think it should have yeah what do you think what do you think it should do like you know like if it's like, something that's going to throw off game balance i guess like don't do it but like you should be able to just like feel out your game enough to be like oh okay and like, like dial things back i would get i kind of get that for like higher level stuff right but like at low level it's pretty easy to be like this is a skeleton yeah it has damage reduction against piercing and slashing yeah. And or it has damage reduction unless you're using bludgeoning. Yeah. Okay. And it probably has like it's an undead, and I'm pretty sure undead have D10 hit dice. So it has. Or if, or if you HP. give it, if you give it less, who cares? Maybe it's a mook skeleton. Yeah. yeah. Like it's like it has about 10 HP if we're doing average because they don't have a constitution, and it's probably carrying yeah. a 1D6 weapon. Yeah. Or if you're playing in another system, just pick numbers. Yeah. That's, like, like, I don't know. That's, that's literally, you know, I run. It's really easy to be like, how powerful do I want this person to be? But it's funny because Shadowrun is actually a super stat heavy, like tactical system. It's super stat heavy and super tactical. But the fact we, that the we fact never that play it like that. <laughs> I know that I know that I know what what a one strength versus a six strength means. Yeah. Right. Right. I know what a skill a skill of one and a skill of six means. Yeah. And I can just figure it out from there yeah exactly like, it's like with cortex i can do the same thing and like if i'm off by one or two, by like a d6 yeah. what does it matter mm -hmm. you know uh, i mean that's one of the that's one of the reasons i'm liking the abstraction systems more and everything stuff like that like just being able to be like eh, you know i can pull i can create things and pull things out and like decide it's like oh this isn't like this thing isn't enough of a challenge right now i can 
actually like change something before the you know for this encounter when it happens or you know oh this i've been beating the hell out of them for a while here i can actually tone this down or whatever and like adjust things really well whereas mm-hmm. like D feels so chiseled in stone yeah but D is probably the most rules lawyery heavy game i've ever played mm-hmm. because the game itself is just very rules lawyery yeah well, I mean, like, I remember also, like, the first time you guys played D&D with me. Like, <laughs> I feel like I did all this stuff that was, like, not in the rules, but made sense. And I feel like it was like, what? Like, <laughs> I don't recall. Oh, I, I think it was like something like a... a because I think Holly was playing too. I th- wasn't it like just me, you, and Holly in the first ever game? I was maybe in? it was. Maybe it was. Maybe was it was Chris there? I don't remember. I think I played with him once, but I can't recall. But like, literally, I think it was like some stuff with kobolds, and they were like dropping rocks on your heads and like doing like all this crazy stuff, and you guys were basically just like trying to chase after him and like hit them with a stick, and it's just like, like. I could tell the way people were playing, like where I think it was you who were playing in particular, were thinking about it as these are the rules of how D and D works, and we follow the rules of how D and D works. Oh yeah, that's very yep. much how I was when I first yep. started playing. And the, and like the way I was playing was, it's like we are doing things in this world, and when we need to arbitrate something, we'll look at this book over here. Yeah. Like, we'll and so it was it like later. Yeah, and so it was a little. So it was kind of like. Oh, this thing happens. It's not covered in the rules. Here's what we're gonna do, you know, kind of thing, you know. And it made sense. It was it wasn't like I was like, you know, screwing you guys or anything. But like, you know, it's like talking over things and stuff like that. You know, it's like get, getting out of that mindset of like you can only do things what that that it says in the book, versus we will use the book to arbitrate when we need to arbitrate something. Mm-hmm. Was like a huge shift. I feel like. I don't know. Speaking Maybe of huge shifts, we need to learn how to use advantage better. Yeah, we do. As much as we bag on D and D, I do like Five E actually. I know in my heart of hearts that Five E is so much smoother than Three Point Five. I have <laughs> but, a lot of Three Point Five baggage. Sunk cost fallacy. No, well, <laughs> yeah, your bag, your baggage and stuff. Yeah, I'm, I'm not even talking. I'm not even do. talking about money spent. I don't care yeah. about money spent at this point, right? Yeah. Like, I'm entirely thinking of, like, there are so many things that work a certain way in 3.5 that don't work that way in 5e, and yeah. I don't understand. Like, my brain is like, oh, yeah, this is how this works. It is. It doesn't. No, it doesn't. It's so much, like, and the, the 5e way is so much better. Yeah. What's <laughs> what's the crit range on this? What 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 crit range? Crit range, There's, what's that? There is no oh. crit range. Oh, it's just simple. Okay. Yeah. How do we turn undead? Okay, let me get the book. And we'll say, oh, no, wait, it's two sentences. Yeah. Charisma. Roll it. Done. Ta-da. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, like, I don't know, they did a good job with that system. I never thought I would like a D&D system. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I still don't love the D&D setting, I'll be honest, but like, you know. You just if, don't like fantasy. I, it's funny because I really don't. I don't like... I don't like the way people play fantasy, I think is what it is. Like, if that makes sense. Like, 
it's the caricature of how people play it. Like, I don't, I like, I don't mind fantasy. Like, man, loved, love the Serata game. Like, the but the things I liked about it were the 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 air quotes human elements. Not necessarily that everyone was human, but like, but like the people interacting and the. You know, and, and and that whole story, and the story of 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 the emotional struggles the people were going through to get through it. I did not care about the the giant world changing stuff that was happening. Mm-hmm. Like, like that's not what I like. I don't like that. I feel like all the fantasy games are too too big and flashy, is what it is, and it's not enough about the the individual characters and people and everything is is where i'm at well along those lines the dragon heist game was actually very much not big and flashy no it, it wasn't like <laughs> the thing it used a lot of the fantasy tropes though it's oh, like yeah. and and like some of those tropes i was like <sighs> the dragon heist game is something i should have liked if i could have played it correctly yeah like fact- I, I do i do feel like the game was designed for something that would have been more up my alley actually the things that i liked less were the action encounters mm-hmm. like so you're literally the supposed yeah. to talk the final boss into yeah. quotations of defeat yeah like i don't know and some of it just being the, the fantasiness of it kind of does like is not something that i'm like hugely into i think is what it is it's which is funny because i mean you know i've always been like i've always loved fantasy games and stuff like that Mm-hmm. Like on P- like PC, like I take a I take a lot of my stuff from like the Might and Magic games and all those things, you know, from from PC that like that really like ingrain me in like liking fantasy, like you know, Warcraft and all that. But like I don't know, it's just it's there's something about it. I feel like it's so much more about the setting than it is about the characters, and I don't think I like that. In a weird way, I don't know. I don't even know how to explain it. You know, it's like, and I, I really did try to do that with the Pathfinder game I ran, where there's a lot of things that happened where I tried to make them about about the NPCs and about the characters and stuff like that, and less about what is going on overarching in the world. Like, there's there's a big world changing thing happening in the world, but like the things that I care about and remember are how you guys interfaced with the people of the world more so. If that makes any sense. I don't know. It does. Like, I mean, that's that was a lot of the big things going on were literally from us interacting with other people. So, I mean, that's what it was. And even some of the small things, like, that, like as I said, if we ever decided to do that game again, which I'm, we probably won't, and I'm really sad, because I would love to get to the awful like fart on balls reveal for that. Um, but like, there's like a couple threads that I would really want to pick up because I think they're like, inter- like I, I liked, I really liked the threads and everything, you know. But that's just probably me projecting. So I don't know. But probably could wrap this one up if you want. <laughs> yeah, probably we're only like an hour and ten minutes in. Okay, but all right. Cool. <laughs> uh, so. Um, if you want to shoot us some feedback, you can send an email to thelocometa at gmail.com. Uh, catch us on Twitter at the, the Locometa PC. Uh, head on over to thelocometa.com for links to all of our uh, episodes and good stuff like 
uh, the Discord, where we do cool things like play Halo and Magic Arena and other games. So come check us out there and hit us up. Say hi. Uh, also, uh, there's a link to our Patreon if you want to go buy us a soda and everything. You can be the first person on there. It'd be really sweet. So, um, yeah. Oh, Robert. <laughs> only because he actually was like what the hell is that like <laughs> but uh so yeah john do you have anything else man i will say i've been strangely having the urge lately to run a kobold campaign oh not where god. you all not where you all play kobolds where kobolds are the big bad oh my god yes <laughs> i have had that exact same urge before kobolds are seriously underrated they're also kind of terrifying. Oh, dude, this gay as hell. No one ever checks for traps. Yeah, like... They specialize in them. I know, right? I hate traps <laughs> as a game mechanic, by the way. But, Me too. Um, They're terrible. Yeah. I, I think it's just... It's so feel baddy. Like... Yeah. The problem with traps is they're either there to waste your time mm-hmm. or they're there to kill you. Yep. And they should only exist to kill you, but then you have characters that just die. Right, like and I hate that. <laughs> it it is just the worst feeling ever. Like you're just like go like you're either just like have to spend a ton of time like going super slow and checking every single thing, or you as you said you just die. Like seriously, just ask anyone from Vietnam. Traps suck. And on that note, <laughs> we will catch you next time. <laughs> See ya.